set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Jawbreaker from 1999, directed by Darren Stein. So guys, we're back for another year. And it's a new year and a new you. (laughs) So this month's theme was built around the concept of a makeover. Mm-hmm. And the ability to change who you are for the better or sometimes the worse. Yeah. And societal gain. Yeah. And just see what happens, what kind of chaos it brings into the lives of yours or <laughs> others around you. <laughs> chaos reigns. <laughs> And that is exceptionally true for this movie that we picked first with Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, this film was interesting to watch as an adult for me. Um, you've seen mm-hmm. this before, right, Ashley? Yeah, I'd seen this, I think, once before, which is kind of weird because... You know, this is usually in my wheelhouse as far as like 90s teen films, Um, especially being like a movie that came out in 99. Like that's all my favorite movies (laughs) pretty much came out in 99. So surprisingly, I I don't think I even watched this movie until like my late 20s, mid to late 20s. I actually I feel like I saw this around the time that it came out. If Definitely, well, not in 1999, because obviously I wasn't old enough to go see it in theaters, but probably about, like, 2000. Yeah. And I was obsessed with, like, the aesthetic of the movies around this time. And Mm -hmm. I was a really, I was a fan of Rose McGowan because she was in Scream. And I really loved Tatum. Like, Tatum was one of my favorite characters in Scream because of her outfits and her personality. <laughs> yeah. And so anything that like Rose McGowan was in, I would watch it. And this was like the next movie that was kind of big that I knew about. So this is something that I wanted to watch and see. I don't think they played this movie very often, like on TV and stuff. I might be wrong, but I've never seen this movie like on... I don't know, free farm or something. (laughs) No, this was something that I had to stay up late to watch on like Cinemax or like HBO (laughs) night. But like you see things like Clueless and you see like Bring It On and and all those movies and Ten Things I Hate About You and and Heather's and and shit like that. And then you, I never see this movie on TV. And I might, you know, that just might be me. Especially nowadays, I don't really watch a lot of like cable TV, so. I don't know if it's picked up, but I just noticed that it's kind of a hard movie to find. Because I didn't like this on Netflix again. I found it on CBS Access. <laughs> what are those grannies watching? One- <laughs> you can watch this. You can watch Pet Cemetery, Single White Female. Oh, come on. And Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, I 
so so if you like Star Trek and Jawbreaker, there you go, CBS Access. That's the that Venn diagram is a circle. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you were about to say, I think like this movie was. It is an interesting rewatch, and it is filled with, as we like to say here, chaos. Yes, and it was a moment for it was a lot of moments for me that I was like. <laughs> Why the fuck are you watching this? Why the fuck did you watch this at such a young age? What the fuck were you doing? Where were your parents? What is happening? It's like every time we talk about a movie that I watched when I was young, yet again, another movie I watched when I was younger, it's like another conversation. It's like, what? What was going on? What was going on when you, when you, in your childhood, Brittany? What, 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 were things all right at home? Were things okay? What what what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> right, like I I don't know because I feel like I watched enough movies. Somehow I just did not watch this one, and none of the movies I ever watched were as dark as this one. Like a dark comedy. I might be wrong. Cause I mean, there's like The Craft, which I will come back to in a minute. But like, I don't know. If there's a a lot of movies in that genre that were as like black humor as this one this one is pretty dark and i feel like we around this time another one that i've watched we did an episode on and it was psycho beach party (laughs) (laughs) so like that was like campy dark i mean this is campy but this is like dark dark yeah, I'm like, oh, is this, this is supposed is this supposed to be funny at this point? I don't know if I should laugh. I'm uncomfortable. So, what is this movie about? Uh, so this movie is about um, four girls who are in a clique. Um, I guess they're called the Flawless Flo- Four by another character, which we will name. Um, and on the day of one of the girls' 17th birthday party, or 17th birthday, sorry, they usually play a prank on her, her friends do, and this time they fake kidnapped her, like tied her up, threw her in the back of a car, and we're going to drive her to breakfast because I guess that's, that's, don't ever prank, don't prank me. Let me just side note, don't prank me like that. <laughs> At no point I was like, yes, that's a great story to laugh about, like, when your friends like your 20th high school <laughs> reunion or whatever but in the process of kidnapping this girl fake kidnapping this girl um a jawbreaker is shoved down her throat as a gag like a mm. little gag and she chokes to death on it and they <laughs> don't know what to do <laughs> from there it becomes basically like preserving um the click but also there's kind of like a a a power a power dynamic that forms when another girl by the name of fern mayo who is not popular um figures out that they have killed their friend yes and from there hilarity ensues (laughs) and quote unquote hilarity like mm, yes so Like this movie, sometimes this movie movie so I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> not in a not good way, but just like, 
oh wow i'm uncomfortable like i did a little bit of research into the movie and mm-hmm. i was wondering if it would have worked better like i feel like maybe it would have worked a tiny bit better and that's not saying that i don't like the movie mm-hmm. um but when it was initially conceived it was meant to be like a horror movie And then they made it into a black comedy. So when um, the director was writing the film, um, because it was written and directed by um, Darren Stein, he conceived it as a horror movie with the same basic concept. And I got this from both Wikipedia and IMDb, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was wondering if it would work better if it was like a horror comedy I mean, may- maybe, maybe wanted would scream had everything. Like every movie wanted would scream had. Honestly, uh, yes. And speaking of movies that want things that other people have, <laughs> other movies have, I guess. So, <laughs> first of all, I would like to thank everybody who retweeted me and also followed the account in the last week or so. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Brie uh, Melandro as usual <laughs> for putting us on. Um, so when I initially made the announcement that we were going to do this movie or these two movies, uh, Jawbreaker and Mean Girls, I kind of retweeted it and I was like, <laughs> I said, job. well, I said, uh, Heather's flues that these girls could trot. <laughs> and I don't think people knew that I was like shading myself, <laughs> which was a good laugh for me for like a day and a half. Um, actually, like, not even a day and a half, because sometimes people were trying to correct me, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, I know what I tweeted, because I tweeted it. But, um, this movie and Mean Girls owes, like, so much to Heathers. Like, it's actually kind of ridiculous how much they owe that movie. Just with, like, the murder plot and the clicks and the weird well the way that that homophobia is treated in these movies differs um but they all kind of have like some degree of like there's some character has some homophobia uh the way that like girls change and kind of abandon friendships from like junior high into high school um and just overall, I mean, fashion-wise, <laughs> I, I thought it was, like, the more I watched this movie, I was like, oh, this movie owes a lot to Heathers. And Heathers isn't, I think it's just basically, I don't want to say the generation before, maybe the generation before, because it was 88 versus 99. But they have so much in common. And then Mean Girls is 2004, so mm-hmm. it kind of came right on the heels of Jawbreaker, which I think it was way more successful because it's it's not a black comedy. It's it's a comedy, but also kind of a drama in certain ways. Um, but it was very interesting to see the like the similarities. <laughs> so shout out to all of you who were like, don't forget Heathers. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, I won't. Um, but I mean, this isn't the only movie. I guess it, they're on a weird kind of spectrum between like, very dark and very comedic because like clueless somebody mentioned as far as like having a makeover and like a click and stuff but i don't think it was it was less mean girly like 
Cher and Dion weren't necessarily mean. They were actually fairly nice girls. They just were kind of like immature, especially Cher. And then, well, Dion was kind of mean. Dion was just like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm too good for you girls at the school. <laughs> she wasn't mean, like, I'll fucking kill you. No, not in the mean, like, not in like, the way that these girls are mean. Like a mean girl trope. Like she but, wasn't like I'll I'll rule like I made you so I can destroy you type of shit. And I'm waiting for our Mean Girls episode to really dive into mm-hmm. some stuff with all of that, like with clicks and the source material, like the movie was based on. But I'm gonna save yeah. that for later because I'm excited and to talk about that movie. Also, I wanted to like. I mean, there's also, like, a sex... There's a sex component in all of these, too, as far as, like, um, using that as maybe as, like, oh, you didn't do... You didn't have sex with this person. Because I think in Heather's, that's one thing, like, she doesn't... She won't, like... Veronica, who's played by Renata Ryder, won't, um, like, have sex with this college guy. And then, like, she ends up getting sick and throwing up on uh, on uh, big big bad girl mean number I guess I don't know what her last name was but I guess she was like the blonde Heather I always wanted to call her the blonde Heather she throws up on her shoes and they and she's like oh fine I'll fucking you embarrass me and all this shit I'll ruin your life and I was just like oh because she wouldn't fuck this college too who was basically trying to date rape her like what <laughs> and then in this movie like there's a whole component was like she you know they try to lie and say she was raped which is super dark and then in mean girls i feel like you know it's girls trying to steal each other's boyfriends and things like that um so like having those all those three i think i think these three movies are tied together a lot more than some of the other movies ever mentioned because like i don't feel like it was like that like clueless doesn't make me feel like damn these girls are gonna kill each other at all yeah i mean they have like their instances of kind of snippiness and bitchiness to each other especially like when ty gets her glow up she starts feeling herself because men start paying attention to her (laughs) and shit like that and she starts wearing flannel and like jinko jeans (laughs) and then um and then like Somebody mentioned the craft, which I mean, the craft kind of has similar ties to this movie because of basically you got one one girl who's kind of power hungry, I would say. Yeah. And she tries yeah. to like exert that power on the other girls. Um, even though I don't Nancy know. will fucking kill you though. Yeah, Nancy was genuinely. <laughs> I like Nancy and and I guess Courtney in this movie would definitely like, you know, without hesitation. They they they'll turn this bitch over. <laughs> I'll knock all this shit over. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't really know like off the top of my head all the makeover movies, but this is kind of like when you suggested this trope, this was. Or this, like, theme, like, I love this trope in general. I love a good makeover montage. The one I'm thinking about the most off the top of my head is The Princess Diary. <laughs> Diaries. Um, they tweezed them eyebrows and she became Ooh! a whole new girl. Yes! Straightened okay. her hair, trimmed all the dead ends, took away her Doc Martens, told her to take that nail polish off. 
<laughs> that chipped ass nail polish. <laughs> yes, Miss Mia. I love that one. And then I'm trying to see, because I actually have a list of this on Letterboxd. Oh, oh, I forgot. Josie and the Pussycats makeover is pretty good. Yes. Um, with the frosted fucking eyeshadow and shit when they all go into that. Um, that's that one famous hairdresser I cannot remember. Her name is Sally, Sally something. She's like super famous. Um, Legally Blonde I mentioned. Why did I put my big fat Greek wedding? <laughs> Listen, Tula had a makeover. Oh, of course, she's all that. I mean, oh. we're going to do that movie one of these days. Please, we will get. Please, we will get to it. That is her my alien. cross. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember Spice. Oh, Spice World. Remember in Spice World, they all changed clothes. Oh, that was a good one. When they became like each other. Blah 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 blah. Feminism. You know what I mean. Girl power. <laughs> Man, they had no being in fucking that tight ass little dress that Jerry used to be wearing. <laughs> Loved it. But yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. Oh, Delaware's Prada. I think Anne Hathaway has had two great makeover moments. But this one is the, definitely the one that focuses like on clicks and, and things like that and how they can be pretty. Uh, I mean, it can be kind of scary, honestly. Like, I was trying to think back to, like, when I was, you know, a youth way back when in the <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. And it was kind of perilous, man. If I could have had, like, a makeover as a youth and Girl, could have worn Violet's bitch outfit, bitch. <laughs> Those vinyl pants. <laughs> bitch. If they came in a pretty plus, bitch. They had her looking like a housewife next to Rose McGowan. I was like, I know that, you know, in the 90s, we had this like whole 50s thing going on, but I didn't really understand <laughs> why she had like the high-waisted, like 50s housewife pants. With the roller set? <sighs> she sure did have a roller set. I was like, why do you got Judy Greer looking crazy? <laughs> And then crazy. I love all Violet's looks. I'm sorry. It was a good shade of pink, honestly. It was a good, like classic hot pink. (laughs) We are ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like so far ahead. Let's get into the movie. So like the movie starts out with the accidental murder. Mm -hmm. I understand. Like one thing about watching teen movies is that the teens are hardly ever teenagers. So yeah. you got like a bunch of 25 year olds playing seven, technically like 16, 17 year olds. So it's like when you're watching it, it's kind of hard to be like, well, well, damn, like, why did you stick a jawbreaker in somebody's mouth and then cover it up with tape? And it like boils down to like you're 17, you don't really think things through because you, you got a bunch of adults playing kids. Well, also, I mean, like if you're going to go to like practicalities, like if you're having teens on set, that means you got to tutor said teens. Yes. On set. That's like a manage. I don't know when that rule became like mandatory, but it's definitely 
Like, we got to stop and, you know, all the kids got to go to school for their three hours or four hours or whatever. So I get that part. And, like, they don't look. I mean, I didn't look like this when I was 18. (laughs) I did not look like this when I was 25 either. (laughs) So, like, you know. It's like the Luke Perry rule, RIP. Like, he was, like, 40 almost, like, 30. He was, like, kind of old. When he was on 90210. And really? so was, like, he was not the oldest cast member because the oldest I mean, cast older, member but I didn't know was, he was like 30. No, he wasn't 30. I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> the. Can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> can't Ashley is going to beat my ass because I stay lying to her. I'm all going the time. to fly up to Ohio and literally shake you. <laughs> but the woman who played Gabrielle. I mean, not Gabrielle, who played Andrea. Her real name's Gabrielle. She was like almost 30 when she was playing Andrea Zuckerberg or Zuckerman, whatever. Like she was older than everybody else. Yes. Wow. Well, okay. Like I have never watched 90210. Don't know what that was about. Teens. Maybe I was like, I think it was old. It was, it might have been like a little bit before. Not before my time, but like, I wouldn't have watched it. I guess you would say it would be before my time. It was definitely before my time, but it used to come on but SoapNet you... um, <laughs> in the evenings after like passion reruns, and I used to watch it. And I'd you be like, yes, it. Dylan McKay, what kind of mess you get into with Kelly and Brenda? This is <laughs> what her? we do Oh, she looked like she older than them. And they would not let her fuck. They would not. Oh. She was the nerd and she couldn't get with nobody. She had crushes on Brandon, the twin, and they just they just played they paid her dust. And it was you know sad. This, like this justice for Andrea. Me, I just remember this because that was like a that was like a challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I forgot which one of them had to play like the super nerdy girl that nobody would nobody pay attention to. I just remember that. But yeah, no, I I mean, that's fucked up. Why'd I do that girl like that? Why'd I think, oh, I'm thinking Melrose Place. Because was it, wasn't, were they all like in there? They were in high school in Beverly, in 90210? Until a certain point, I think they went to college. I don't know. Yeah. And then they grew up. I just watched the high school part because they had like, 90s times so it's like watching like a time capsule to see uh, what life was like back then for white teens to see what they were up not to a, not a care <laughs> not a care in the world <laughs> he was on that show for a long ass time mm-hmm. so he was probably like 24 when this show started because he was born 90 90- Luke Perry, I'm referring to, was born in, like, 1966. Damn, that's fucked up. Um, you know what? The show I usually watch was, like, Boy Meets World. That was, like, I kept up with that one pretty heavy, especially in the college years. That's when it got good. You are, y'all already like, know. Yeah, because I don't even, like, I, I remember the college, like, the, the high school years a little bit. I definitely barely remember the junior high years, but the college years, bitch. 
but yeah, I don't even know like where. I mean, we started with like the the popular girls in the beginning. Um, they do kill their friend, but I was gonna say that Courtney. Well, I guess not even Courtney. In the very, very, very beginning, Fern is doing like the voiceover and she's talking about how there's these girls. There's Courtney, who she described as Satan in heels, and then there's Marcy, who was just kind of like in her own world. Foxy. She called, her, she called herself Foxy. Um, there's Julie, who was really pretty, and that's why people liked her. <laughs> I was like, damn, bitch. And then there was perfect, pretty, and rich Liz Purr. And I think she had a, well, we'll come to that, I guess. But she, she, she talks about Liz, um, in a way, because in the scene, like, all the girls had, like, bumped into her, and she had knocked her shit on the ground, and Liz was the only one who helped her pick it up. Um, and she calls her, like, the Princess Diana Reagan High. And that's, she said that it made Courtney mad. And so when I re, cause I rewatched this yesterday. I watched this twice uh, this week. I rewatched it and I was like, oh, was this on purpose? Uh, probably. Because uh. <laughs> she, it seemed like she didn't like this girl for whatever reason. Because she was probably sweet and pretty and... People liked her and she was popular. And so she wasn't super bitchy and she was also a virgin, which comes up later. And so it's just a bunch of shit that Courtney definitely was I not. Think it, I, I think it was on purpose. I also think it was on purpose. That was mm-hmm. my take. Like, I didn't get that when I was younger, but when I watched it for the episode this time, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, she yeah, she, <laughs> the way she like, got everything together right afterward. I was like, uh-huh. oh, okay, I get it now. She got, like, she just kind of was like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Oh. Oops. Like, let's keep mm-hmm. it pushing. Let's call the principal and say she's sick <laughs> from school. And it takes place in, like, middle America, the suburbs. So, like, we get the idea that all of these kids have gone together like gone to school together since birth basically so you've known these people forever so that has been your best friend since pre-k so for you to just shrug it off and keep it moving is concerning yes very sociopathic (laughs) yes and I was like, my reaction was like, oh, okay, Courtney Shane. Yeah. Like, what's up with you? Yeah, she definitely, I feel like she did it. Cause I was just like, that's not, I mean, it was a big jawbreaker, but like you taped her mouth shut. What was she supposed to do? Also, you wouldn't be able to like, obviously for the purposes of a movie, it's a movie. We get it guys, but you can't. Chuck a whole jawbreaker in somebody's mouth. Like, regardless. Even if you caught somebody off guard. Like, you can't pop that in there. But yeah. I feel like she <laughs> she was really trying to harm her friend as a prank. And even, you know, it's a horror. It, it's a black comedy. But you do get friends like this. Like, you do have 
friends who say things to you and then be like, haha, that was a joke. But they really mean it. Mm-hmm. Like, they mean what they say under the guise of a joke. Oh my God. Yep. So yep. just Definitely keep that in mind. Friends. Definitely. And we've talked about, we've had like four. I don't, that's actually kind of like interesting. I feel like we've had maybe three or four movies that dealt with like high school or college and friends and shit like that and like i feel like we've always like told the line but i don't think i've ever like spoken my truth (laughs) (laughs) because like especially when i was in like late elementary school um i remember there was a girl who was the new girl and I might have mentioned this on an early episode, but like, you know, just y'all, y'all pretend I haven't said the story. So like, cause Brady don't remember if I have. <laughs> I do not. Honestly, I don't. It's fine. <laughs> so like this girl, she was new and like all my friends kind of like, and I wasn't like super like popular, popular, but like I was, cause I got made fun of basically cause I had like a gigantic overbite, huge bunny teeth. And so, like, I had my little, like, friends or whatever, but nobody I was, like, super, super close to. And everybody just fell over this girl. And it was, like, I, like, literally just, <laughs> like, when I think back about it now, I was, like, what the fuck happened? And she didn't like me. Anything I said or did around her, she would just, like, roll her eyes and, like, scoff and shit like that. And so I was just thinking about it. I was, like, you know, that's. I have been in some situations. I feel like every girl has been in some like weird situations because not everybody's going to be like the alpha in the group or like the most extroverted because I'm usually not the most extroverted in any of my fan groups. But like, it's really weird how those patterns like form like pretty, pretty frequently. I know we'll probably get into that more in the mean girls episode But I just was thinking back of, like, friend groups I've had, like, throughout the years and just been like, wow. (laughs) Shit was fucked up. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. It was really weird. That's why when I, like, got into... It was so interesting because everybody I know now always says that junior high is kind of, like, the turning point between when people start moving into their various sort of roles that they'll kind of play forever (laughs) or at least until they, you know, get into college or whatever. But like by the time I was in junior high, like I didn't really care about having a big friend group or, or being well liked (laughs) or any of it. I was kind of like over it. And like, especially after like in seventh grade, it was some more of the same kind of shit where, my friends from elementary school, like two separate people I had known, met and they became good friends like around me. And I was like, <gasps> oh no, this is some bullshit. <laughs> and I had a friend that was kind of very like selfish and kind of manipulative. And like, I somehow managed to stick it out with this girl for years. But like, when I look back on it now, I was like, why did I? why did I hang out with this person? Like, was, were things okay at home? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's and so I. It's just weird how that forms. I feel like it's interesting to like look back at like once you have enough distance, so kind of like look back at your life and look at little things and look at who you were, who you are, and who you can be. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of like introspection and like. Um, <laughs> Cause I feel like now, new year, like, new me. <laughs> new year, you, new you. <laughs> we walking up the stairs with a heavy ass bag like that lady and <laughs> that meme. <laughs> ah, but, but I feel like now, like of course I'm an adult, so like those for kind of friend traps and shit wouldn't really work on me now because I'm like I have actual like things to accomplish <laughs> and shit like that, but um. But yeah, like I feel like now, like my the groups of friends that I have now, particularly like my little my little crew, my little DM crew, <laughs> um, are like the the more like positive friendships and and like and that. Um, yeah, looking back is just like oh, ew, wasted time. <laughs> yeah, gross. Ew. Nobody tried to kill me though, so that was nice. Yeah, I mean. Thank gosh. Like <laughs> be like, oh shit, we need to sit <laughs> and unpack some things. <laughs> so like when they pop open the trunk, cause they stuff court eating they stuff Liz in the trunk, they see that she gone. She has met Uncle Charles at the crossroads. She's pale, <laughs> her eyes are open, she she's not on this mortal plane anymore. And they're died a horrible death. Yeah, like she had to like she suffered. This poor baby suffered. And um they take a picture of her and they have that evidence. They have evidence of all of their crimes everywhere. Yeah. And immediately like everyone freaks out well foxy kind of freaks out but she is waiting you could kind of see that she's not a really independent person because she's kind of seeing how courtney reacts to the situation to see how her reaction to the situation is going to be and julie is freaked out for real and she wants to go to the cops but courtney's like "Mm, no we're just going to school and she takes everybody to school and she's like get it together we're just going to go to school and she makes baby girl is still in the trunk she's in the trunk yes which just like how decomposing away i would have had like a telltale heart reaction like (laughs) well there's no way they kind of do like during the day, like when they go to class and stuff. So like during the day, they go to their classes and there's like this weird montage of like them interacting with their teachers. So I feel like um, one was it Julie. Julie's the one who feels the worst because that was like her best friend. Like Liz was more important to her than the other two. Um, so I think like at one point they're reading Macbeth, which is like a big sort of like guilt <laughs> themed 
or at least not feel not guilt like in the way of feeling sadness but kind of like when you've conspired against somebody and and then you feel it come back to bite you in the ass um and then biology um fucking foxy was in biology or not foxy was in biology i think it was it was Courtney in biology, which is guys trying to like flirt with her and shit. And then they talk about middle in the middle ages, women were, uh, that were deemed like quote unquote demented were put to death, put to death on or off their periods, which I thought was kind of like, what? <laughs> That's a fact for you. And then Foxy's in home ec and they're cracking eggs and she gets like a weird bloody like, one. Bloody. Yeah. And I was like, ew, no. So it's all these kind of weird, like, kind of like, I guess, telltale heart signs kind of things of of their guilt. But, you know, only Julie is the one that really feels bad. And she really just wants to go to the police. But Courtney is definitely not happening, like, at all. Um, and, like, over the course of the day, they're trying to, like, Courtney could kind of sense that everybody's going to like break down and go to the cops. So she is trying to pull them back together and she says, what do we do at this time of the day? So let's go reapply our makeup. So she goes Mm -hmm. into the bathroom and they're reapplying their makeup. And one of the teachers comes in and she has a line that made me laugh. (laughs) She says, hey, girls, having a smoke, a toke, some joke, some dope. And I was like, the fuck? And what I liked about the adults in this movie is that they are kind of like horror legends. So this teacher is Carol Kane. And she was in the original um, When When a Stranger Calls. And she was also in this movie that I watched on Shudder a couple months ago. Um, called Office Killer, which if you can find it, it's okay. Um, and then uh, Liz's parents are pay- played by PJ Souls and William Cat, who were in Carrie. So I oh, thought okay. that was I don't a really cool like, thing. I just remember Fox's so, dad and being like, who the fuck is that guy? And I realized That is fucking Kaniki from Greece. That yes. was Kaniki from Greece. R.I.P. to that dude. Uh, oh, Jeff Conway. And, yes. Yes. Which I was like, he looks so familiar, but I was like, who is that? Like, he looks so buttoned up, which is not how I remember seeing Jeff Conway ever. Because I remember him as Kiki. Just being I a, got so excited like, when Greaser. I saw him. Because um, I love Grease. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that your number two after? <laughs> I love <laughs> these. After John Travolta? John. No, I don't love. I, my favorite characters in Greece, I love Danny Zuko, naturally. And then I really love Rizzo. Justice for Rizzo. Put some respect on her. She's been through it. She deserves respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we could get into that someday. But y'all need to watch Grease. Grease. That means we would actually have to watch two musicals and Britney's not going to do that. I could do... 
as long as I don't have to watch no Hamilton bullshit, I could do it. Because, like, <laughs> I'm allergic to Hamilton because that's some bullshit. Did you know that this movie is a movie, like a, a Broadway play? A Broadway movie? It is? Yes. John Breaker apparently is, in fact, uh, I guess a musical. Um, I might be allergic to that. But they make musicals out of literally everything. I know, which sometimes is a little embarrassing, but cute for you. This, I guess the last time I heard about it was, oh, well, well from what I just Googled um, eight years ago. I mean, listen, it's Spider-Man's musical. So, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Didn't everybody get fucked up on Spider-Man the musical? Didn't they shut that shit down? I don't remember. All these musicals are a bad idea in my personal opinion, and I love musicals, so... (laughs) I don't know, man. Girl JoJo was in this shit. Like, leave, get out? Mm Mm-hmm. Or I was about to say, or the bow girl. Because you gotta... No, this is JoJo. Like, leave, get out. Okay. I'm just trying to make Side sure. Note, why did I think JoJo was so much younger than me? She was born in 1990. Oh. Why did I make it seem like she was like like 11? <laughs> I mean, I mean she at was some young, point she but like was. For some reason when she like when her first album came out, I was like, "Oh, she's like like 10, right?" <laughs> she was She was like my age. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel very, very uh, conflicted about my age now. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, oh, but you were talking about the people in the day. The teacher, did you hear what she called it? She said, please cover yourself. This is a learning institution, not a brothel. Yes. She wanted definitely, them yiddies covered. Definitely have heard that shit in a <laughs> learning institution myself. Yeah. Great. Make all the kids feel uncomfortable. About their bodies. Shout out to the hall Nazi, as what we called her, who would stand in one particular hallway um, trying to make sure nobody was cutting class because it was like a quote-unquote dead hallway. There was like no rooms there. It was just like a, basically like a connecting hallway. And she used to also hold on a ruler <laughs> to measure your skirt or your shorts. Wait. And made you do the fingertip rule, which is when you had to have... Your shorts couldn't be shorter than two fingertip lengths than your, like, your knees or something like that. School in the South. <laughs> like, I've never say. worn shorts to school, so. Oh, well, you know, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, I've worn a skirt maybe thrice, but rice bitch <laughs> like if you had a skirt or a skirt or something like especially like during like finals week because you're not gonna be there like i mean you have like one final or something two finals i'm not gonna dress in pants where i'm immediately about to walk right back outside and go home like that was such a dumb thing i was like it's 90 degrees outside why would i be wearing like fitted jeans and they're like no so that was always fun. Although we could never get away with this shit. Like crop tops and stuff. Yeah. Piercing. It is a learning institution. 
piercings and all that. No, no facial piercings. You had to cover your body piercings. You got any? I always look at like movies like this. I'm like, how do they? Like, what? Where was this? Like, was this in California? <laughs> Is that where people got to like wear like cool things? Because we definitely did not. <clears throat> no hats. None of that shit. Yeah, but she. Um, approaches the girls with information that Liz isn't in school. So she wants them to, um, she asked Courtney if she can deliver um, Courtney's homework to her, which I guess is the thing that happens. I mean, sorry, Liz's homework to her. I guess. Courtney agrees reluctantly. Like she basically just wants this woman to get out of her face and they kind of want to get home quickly so they could get Liz back home because she's still in the trunk of the fucking car. She's basically baking in the car, baking at 350 in the back of that car. Um, they have decided like during like a free period or on break or whatever that they are going to decide that Liz was raped and choked to death on a jawbreaker, which I was like, okay, I for- I low-key forgot about this part. This is dark. Yeah, like, I was taken I was aback like, by that too because I forgot. Like, I knew about a certain cameo, but I forgot about the context of the cameo. And I was like, you don't, this is your idea for like that's supposed to be your best friend, mm-hmm. and this is this is what you do. This is what you do. Yeah, but like I feel like that's just, that it to a certain point. Like, are you even friends? Are you just sticking together to like survive in like the terrible world of, of junior high and high school? Because only Julie and Liz were like really friends. Foxy was kind of like, I'll do whatever you tell me to. And then Courtney crazy. Yeah. And drunk with power. Um, but I thought it was interesting that too that Courtney said, she said that the, because Julie swears nobody's going to believe it without any like proof. Um, and she just said, it just sounds too far fetched. And she's like, Courtney's like, oh yeah, they'll believe it because it's their worst nightmare. You know, she's a picture of teenage perfection obliterated by perversion. So I guess this is kind of like the, not my little girl. Although I was like, also, this is like very much for white women. <laughs> that it would be unbelievable that you were like sexually active. Yeah. As a teenager. Because I was like, uh, the way I understand things in my school. <laughs> I was like, y'all were getting down, get down. I am like schools across the world for centuries well that's i mean like people talk about euphoria and they're like oh this is so crazy and i was like um people in my school were doing a lot (laughs) so i was like uh and we were like in the suburbs we're like a cute school in the suburbs i was like uh this ain't too this ain't honestly this ain't too far off base this is actually really right on brand with people in my school. Maybe not as much. No, there was drug use. Never mind. I feel like Euphoria. Back to Euphoria. Euphoria is a 
lot to take in. Euphoria is a lot to take in because for me, it's just a lot of colors. <laughs> but I'm yeah, like, as far as people are like, oh, girls doing drugs and girl and people doing this and sex and sketch. I was like, uh, the shit I used to hear on Monday mornings, the tracks. There was a girl in my school who had gone to rehab. We were in ninth grade when she went to rehab. She mm. was wild at my school. Like, I sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did we make it? Poor baby. Did we all make it in one piece? Not really. Poor baby. Yeah, there was a lot going on. So, but I did think that was kind of funny because parents are always like, well, not my little girl. And if for Liz, it was actually true. But that kind of comment was kind of like, like, Courtney definitely knows how parents think and how girls like her are kind of perceived. Well, not really Courtney. I mean, Courtney was kind of. Courtney was out there. Yeah. She. She knew how the world works in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. It's always it's almost low key, like kind of cynical, but like you kind of yeah. know, like this is how people are gonna think. So this is how we can operate within like the the guidelines of society. Like if we do this, this is what's gonna happen, and this is what people are gonna think or whatever. Um. <sighs> Yeah, especially with like how you're perceived with your classmates versus how you're perceived with your parents. Like you're not going to be the same with both. Because I'm pretty sure like all the people in her school probably thought like they were all, you know, someone to bag or whatever. Like, (laughs) yeah, they were atop of the social hierarchy of their school. Yeah. And... As you can, like, tell, people were probably definitely afraid of her. Oh, Courtney? Yes. Bitch, I would be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So about, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I haven't seen that many Rose McGowan movies, but I feel like that was, like, a running theme in, at least between Scream and this movie, that she would always be one step close, one step away from, like, cutting you. And I don't know if that was, like, the Hollywood machine doing that on purpose. Possibly. But, um, yeah. No. I would definitely be like, oh, let me avoid this girl. She'll <laughs> find out about you and, and ruin your fucking life. I feel like she, in a, in a battle between her and, like, Regina George. Oh, Regina's done. Yeah, Regina's, I'm sorry, hang it up, girl. Hang it up, flat screen. (laughs) It's done. Yeah, Regina couldn't. She couldn't. She conniving, but who shit? (laughs) As they were plotting, they are running late, so they don't get to the principal's office in time to pick up Courtney's work. Yeah. I mean, pick up Liz's work. Um, And... They, or they forget about it? I think they forgot at first, and then the teacher who had stopped them in the hall, in the bathroom, um, 
had given it to Fern, who has a crush, definitely had a crush on Liz. Like, I feel like that was very overt. (laughs) Um, And she gives Fern the homework uh, when Courtney and them don't pick it up. And they kind of catch up with her. They kind of catch up with the teacher right when she's pulling away. And she's like, oh, yeah, I gave it to, did she say she gave it to Fern? I think she says I sent it away with somebody else or something like that. But, um, yeah, Fern, honey, she looks like she climbed out of Samara's well from the ring. (laughs) She does look like Samara. (laughs) Which all brown instead of white. It's okay. I mean, she is supposed to look like that. She's supposed to be invisible. She's supposed to be like blend in and you're supposed to not notice her her name is fern mayo that ever explained the mayo they just said mayo like hold the mayo like patty mayonnaise like but but patty mayonnaise was like a bad bitch (laughs) (laughs) miss fern they had this long ugly wig on her I mean, Fern was just, (laughs) she was Fern, and you know what? She was a loner. She didn't have any friends. Nobody even, I mean, because usually some of, like, the most unpopular people still have, like, a little clique of people that they, you know, roll with, but she didn't have nobody, and you felt bad for her, but she definitely had a thing for Miss Liz. I don't even know if it's just because, like, Liz was nice to her, like, that one time. I don't... Like, at, at one point, she's talking about she was sitting in the back, like, behind Liz in class, and she was, like, finding, like, shapes on the moles on the back of her neck. I was like, I don't I, think I've ever looked at somebody's neck that long. To, yeah. To find shapes. She's like, I saw, like, a trout swimming up scre- upstream, and I was like... Oh, no, there was definitely something there. And when she got there, and I don't even know, like, maybe it's also, like, oh, like, girls want to be her type thing. I but feel like me, it felt very much like. I feel like it was both. I feel like it was she loved and was in love with Liz mm-hmm. and idolized Liz. She definitely like, did. It was all of it. At once, at this, like all of it. Yeah. Like she had a crush. She wanted to be her. She wanted to be like her. She wanted to be with her. Yeah. That seems, you know, it, if it wasn't her, <laughs> I would be like, that's very serial killery. I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. You know, <laughs> does it really? <laughs> I mean, I, hey, she, the, um, What's the baby girl name? Fern. Fern. Little Fern. Yeah. Fern was by herself. Liz showed an ounce of kindness to this young lady once. Like, literally just helped this girl pick up a book. And that was probably the nicest thing anyone has done for her since like grade school when everybody was used to be friends because you had to be friends with everyone in grade school. That's like grade school is kind of like when you're mandated to be friends. Cause that's when you're socializing. That's when you're learning 
to form groups. You're um, building friendships. These are when you're learning the skills that are necessary in life. And then toward the end of grade school, like you don't have to do that anymore because you're self-sufficient. You're on your own. You're pushed out and being able to make your own bonds and make your own decisions about who you can be friends with. And people have decided that they don't have to be friends with Fern anymore because you're not forced to. Yeah. So that picking up her book that one time is probably maybe like the one, the First time someone's nice to her in a long time. You know, it's so funny that you talk about being friends with everybody in high in elementary school. I distinctly remember us a like as a collective group could not stand this one boy because he was like a like an habitual liar. <laughs> I used to lie all the time about things that made no sense. It was just like now I think about him like oh it's like shit kind of like were you not getting enough attention at home or whatever but like he used to say that Hulk Hogan was like his uncle or some shit Terry could have been his uncle it really could have because it was you know this is a Florida school um and it was not far from where the Hogan's lived but at the same time it was unprovoked (laughs) nobody asked him and he like, wanted to make a splash and win over friendship. I mean, he had friends, but also I was kind of like, boy, if you don't stop talking. <laughs> it was a collective, like, could you please stop? Please stop. He's like, oh, yeah, my father has a yacht. And <laughs> like, nobody wants to know all this, dude. <laughs> but I think they just kind of kicked poor far into the curb uh, early. Like, yeah, poor baby. Yeah. Poor girl. But she knows where Liz lives, even though she does not have, like, the teacher didn't even get to give her the address. She already knew where to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, why she, when she comes up there, the girls are already there, and they have decided, like, they're trying to stage a crime scene because she was technically raped, and they... You know, it was the second time I watched that, I realized because like rigor mortis had set in and they had to like pry her legs apart. I was like, oh God, this is awful. Yeah. I was like, no. And they're ripping the sheets up and like shit like that. And like Julie's kind of in a state of shock. And she's looking at all the stuff on their, on like, on Liz's you know, dresser, like pictures of them and stuff on like a, what was it like that little, recorded card that they had for her last year because i guess they do this to her i don't know why they do they do this to all of them all the time probably that's what courtney. i was wondering probably not courtney i feel like she'd be like hell no nah, don't come to my house with that shit yeah they probably would never do it to her foxy would probably be eager for it yeah please pay attention to me courtney oh my god yeah love me <laughs> But um, while basically in this moment, like Courtney admits that she killed her, um, and she said they killed Liz. Like the teen dream. Deal with it. Do that. Yes. Girl, why do white people always say deal with it? Like to just shut down everything. Deal with it. Deal with it. Our president's a murderer. Deal with it. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> like all the things that you should not say like just deal with it you guys I'm like no you can't just okay alright 
that seems to be their ending note. The, the closing argument. Don't Do that. <laughs> and Fern is like freaked out. But then they decide, first they threaten her, and then they decide to offer her membership into their group and become a cool girl. Uh, Like, it's a new life. They offer her a new life. Yeah, she gets, uh, like, the makeover. She gets new clothes. She's, like, they're basically, like, you know you want to be like us or whatever, and you don't have to be out there sitting up there looking creepy, skulking around hallways and shit. Like, you can actually, like be our friend and as long as you don't tell nobody which i guess that's payment enough for miss fern yeah like you can go from being visible to being one of the most seen persons in your school like Mm -hmm. what teenager is not going to take that offer um i doubt many teenagers would be like no i don't want to be popular yeah, like, Unless of course like, she's going to take it. Right. And this makeover scene, I totally thought that this makeover scene was going to be, like, the first time I saw this, I thought it was like a mad scientist lab. <laughs> but now, but when I looked at it again, I was like, oh, no, this is like a mortuary type thing. Like, you're basically switching out one girl for the other. But it also I had, like, weird elements of, like, Willy Wonka. Didn't get it. The first, like, I rewatched it earlier today. And I was, like, paying attention to that scene more, like, but not really. Because mm-hmm. it has, like, a song to it, too. And it's, like, a yeah. spoken word moment. Yeah. And they're, like, it sounds like a commercial for, like, like Maybelline like makeup it sounds like a commercial for a 90s commercial for makeup like you'll be a dream and like that kind of vibe but it's so dark what Mm -hmm. they're saying and as they're saying the words it's like they're prepping Liz for her funeral and they're imposing images of Fern getting her hair cut and dyed and trying on new outfits. And Mm -hmm. it's like connecting elements. And then as I was watching it, I was like, oh, so (laughs) that's happening. Yeah, I mean, they basically just kind of yeeted, (laughs) yeeted Liz out of it and, and put... Miss Fern in her place. Um, and it's all kind of creepy. There's nothing like joyful about the makeover, actually. It's actually kind of really very, I don't know. It almost gave me like Rocky Horror Picture Show in some of it, too. With like, yeah, Courtney was there in this big ass like red dress and on this like, I don't know. It was very like flamboyant. Um, it's almost like kind of Victorian esque, too, with like the hats and like i was like this looks like honestly you know what the rest the good the good reference for this is is fucking sweeney todd all that weird Uh. shit in the background like the machinery and stuff i was like no this looks like victorian london (laughs) and Mm. um it's not even like a happy makeover it's kind of like sinister as fuck (laughs) yeah it's not like a makeover 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 glow 
It's like, oh, no. No. It's like, she did. Now you cute. Like. Yeah, now you can rise in her place. It's. Terrifying. Yeah. But Fern, she cute at the end. She is cute. I did say earlier that she kind of looks like a 1950s housewife. Don't really know exactly why. Um, which, of course, they had, like, in the 90s, I was kind of, like, some of the aesthetic and, like, I guess, you know, every generation kind of looks back in a way towards the generation, bef- you know, previous or, or, or otherwise and draws inspiration from that. Um, I don't know why people were picking up the 50s. That's very strange to me. I hope we are getting <laughs> back to the Y2K looks. We are. We've been. I hope. No, I'm talking about like it. Ashley, is it going to be my time to wear really, really frosted eyeshadow with like a big puffy silver coat? Because like that's what I, I want to do think normally. I that time is here. I think okay, it's here. here. Like I that picture here. I showed you. The other day, even though that was from 1995, but like, <laughs> yes, I, I want to embody that clips, look. Xenon, girl of the 21st century. I want to xenon it. I feel like that look is here. I don't really know Ye- if that's like the whole eager all thing. I'm too old to understand what that means. And I don't have any siblings or cousins close enough to um, really investigate what that means on a daily basis. But um, I feel like it's it. I feel like it's it's here. Like that whole Y2K look is is coming back for sure. And if it hasn't, then I guess we should just bring it back. Like just bring that shit out the shadows. But we're not bringing back those super low-rise jeans. Like I can't, can't fit my ass in those. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Like, we not. With the thongs, uh-uh. Oh, let's she... bring back the uh, the Manny's uh, Santos look. I... No. Because, like... Yes, let's do it. No. I like my jeans to go all the way up to my nipples, and that's uh, where they're gonna stay. No. Okay. No. All right, we going pop pop looks. Okay, pop pop looks forever. N- no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not be joining you on that journey. <laughs> jeans up to your nipples, please, forever. Oh no, we gotta have a nice mid range. Yeah, no, you can definitely go and find some fashion like that. I'm gonna Zeta Sapita's this hard. shit. <laughs> <Protozoa>. <laughs> uh so yeah, um they also have renamed Fern into Violet, which is supposed to be like Violet because Fern is an ugly ass plant and you know, don't you wanna be a flower, as Courtney says? Yeah, and they said Rose was too basic. So I mean Points were made. It is with an that. easy flower name, and you only like a daisy. Yeah, and they spell violet really interestingly. Yeah, so 
I feel Courtney on this. <laughs> I I see Courtney's vision. Yeah, I see. On that one. I see the vision. It's a little bit draggy, but I see where you're going. Um, which I think this is all like Ju- I don't know if this is Judy Greer's like natural blonde, but she I know she is a blonde. Mm-hmm. But also she's kind of got that weird like like blousey kind of dress that like your mom would wear like a sun <laughs> like a sundress. <laughs> like a mom's sundress. <laughs> With the pink one? Oh, the first yeah. pink one. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't like that that much. But you know, then she kind of you know sexed it up a little bit more. <laughs> when she when got capris? remember when capris were all the range. Oh. Like tight, tight. When you had to wear unzipped in the back. Capris with a twin set. That was a uniform? No, like you would get like capris and then you would get like a sweater set. Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh yeah. Now I remember. I hated that. (laughs) That was terrible and I hated it. I had a pair of capris I loved to death. And I wore oh. them all the time. I had a couple actually. And I had skorts. Thought I was super cute, my skort. Because I didn't have to sit there and sit all proper and cute. Because <laughs> it wasn't a skirt, it was a squirt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you told everybody too. Uh, yeah, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to sit <laughs> And this part. Of the movie also made me. I was very interested in this, and I actually wanted to like figure out if this is like a real thing, because Julie has kind of like abandoned the group now. Um, this has got to be like <laughs> the second day, and um, she went to go sit with the goths, and mm-hmm. they're like making fun of her and stuff. And then Courtney threatens to tell because she basically says like she's an accessory to the murder and stuff. Um, because Julie's like, oh, her parents came home, like Liz's parents came home, just thought you should know and whatever. I was very confused because like in this part of the movie, like they also get like the like popular girl etiquette and like they don't eat at lunch. Ah, that was like, so, so much. That, that was so that much. Because they were like, they don't want to be associated with greasy pizza and, and stuff. They don't want to like, it's a look thing or whatever. And they like, we eat, but like, we don't you know, we don't eat in front of other people, which is also kind of bad. Um, But, like, I, so, like, there's always this thing in, like, movies, like, in Mean Girls, this is definitely a thing where there's a a, a, a click for each table. Yes. We and I feel have, like that's that was that also up? in She's All That. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, because it was with the, the, the burnout, like, skateboard kind of bullying crew. They used to mm-hmm. bully tiny Roman Roy. <laughs> my little... <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait for you to watch that show. I just can't wait. <laughs> my because favorite Colgan. In the end of episode one, you're going to be like, oh. I watched oh, no. half of the episode... And he no, walked into the office and was like, hey. And they was like, get out. And he was like, bye. Nope, you didn't see the part. <laughs> you got to see oh, it about like the end of episode one. You're like, oh, okay. I think oh, no. That was the moment I was like, oh, okay. I have it out for you, Roman. For the Uh-oh. rest of this show. Yeah, he's a dick. 
Um, rich Uh-oh. dick. <laughs> so I don't like they like one of the tables had like an anorexic table. Like all the girls didn't eat anything. They're eating raisins. They were eating raisins, but they were sharing a box of raisins. Yeah, I and was, I was like, like, oh. But they also had that Mean Girls, and I was like, is that a thing? I mean, like, Mean Girls kind of broke it up a little bit better. Because, I mean, hello, who don't claim that they're an unfriendly black hottie? But I feel like Mean Girls probably took that from this. Probably. I don't remember if they had, they no, they definitely had, like, cliques in Heathers at the different tables because they had the jocks. And, like, of course, the Heathers sat at one table, and then, like, there was kind of, like, the um, the rich kids, like, the preppy kids. And then, like, there was poor Martha Dumpstock, or whatever her name was, who sat by herself. Um, and then Christian Slater also sat by himself, kind of. <laughs> no, he was sitting next to some dude who was, like, asleep at school. He was, like, the only black kid at school or something. I was like, all right. Uh, but, yeah, I never, this is not like, real life. To me, I I don't know. I never ate lunch at school, so I can't tell you. You didn't? No. Oh, did you go home and stuff? Yeah. Lucky. I ate lunch at Taco Bell. Uh, uh, uh. We weren't even allowed to leave the ground. <laughs> I ate lunch at Taco Bell. What a groundskeeper that would watch you. <laughs> like, like, snatch you up if you try to leave. It's like being in prison. <laughs> <laughs> you basically had to sneak out and sneak back in because I guess you could leave but if you tried to come back in they were like what the fuck are you doing mm. yeah and I don't know if that was like a security thing but also like they just like, would not let us leave <laughs> and um, which is so crazy because there was like food down the block and they kept saying oh you're adults you're in high school but like we couldn't leave the premises. Um, so I don't I mean when I was in school, I sat with my friends, but we didn't have like a table like that. We didn't have like the, I think there was like one table that was like full of like the weird kids, like the quote unquote weird kids, but they were like extra super 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 weird, like trench coat wearing weird kids. Mm. <laughs> And, and that was the only tale I remembered being like distinctly like them as far as like a click, but like everybody else felt kind of mixed to me, but granted also we had three different lunch periods. So Hmm. yeah, that's how we were moving. I don't know how other people do it, but they had to, we had A, B and C lunch. So if you got separated from your friends, you were fucked. (laughs) Hmm. And I ended up eating with art kids a lot because I didn't really, I don't think any of my friends had my lunch except for one girl. I'm like, why don't we just eat in the room? It's fine. But yeah, I just, I, I would think somebody would say something if there was like a, a an eating disorder table. <laughs> I would hope. I It's the 90s. Oh, Lord. Ha ha, the yes. 90s terrifying <laughs> uh yeah that was something that I was kind of like that's not real life is it but it pops up so much that you kind of like is it real life I definitely don't know what it's like now as a youth in 2020 
I'll I'll check in with the youths and see what's up. <laughs> she got the youth hotline. <laughs> 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 I only got one person I know who is still in high school and she'd probably be like I don't eat with any of those people <laughs> like, she probably so, also does not eat at lunch like I I have no idea I'll ask the youth and see how that works out alright we got the youth segment <laughs> and then I'll report back <laughs> uh so we hadn't even talked about some of the people who are in this movie that pop up. Um, first person, I don't, I wouldn't call this a cameo, but like, this is the movie I was talking about when we watched Foxy Brown, and I was like, I swear to God, I saw Pam Greer pop up in a movie, and I had no idea what movie it was, and it was it. And this is it. She popped up in Jawbreaker. She's like the detective. Yes, she pops up talking about Jawbreakers. I, they did not use her well enough in this movie. No. Because... Not at all. When it really came down to it, the detective wasn't really involved with the actual, like... Like, wrapping up the crime. Yeah. She didn't even, like, press them enough to make them feel guilty enough to tell on each other or tell on themselves. Yeah. Like, I think she she has... Her suspicions initially, but somehow she's convinced otherwise. And then we find out like there's DNA evidence to support why she's convinced otherwise. Um, but I was like, damn, you got Pam Greer in your movie and you didn't use her well. That's a crime. Yeah, that's a waste because like, it's Pam Greer. I mean, she collected come her check, now. but like, come on. And she still had her, like, big hair. <laughs> All that hair. I wonder if they did this just because, she's, like, this is, like, a post-Pulp Fiction world. Or post-Jackie Brown world or whatever. Probably. But Probably. Like, you, like, you can't do that if you're not going to use her correctly. At least Quentin used her correctly in the movie. In one of his best movies. Yeah, like, why? I don't know. Like, I'm conflicted because I was just like, you could have just had any old body at that point. Yeah. So, don't waste my girl's time. <laughs> like, for real. Like, don't waste my time. One person I didn't get to mention uh, that had a cameo in this movie was Tatiana Ali. Uh, she had a couple scenes, not really a big part in the movie, which is unfortunate. Yet another uh, actress that was kind of wasted. Um, and I really would have liked to see more from her character, but she kind of was just a cheerleader. Um, justice for her and Pam Greer in this movie. She shows up um, like kind of this is a weird like the police investigation starts off kind of weird because it's a good one (laughs) it starts off at a scene that's really sexual because the police pop the the police pop up when courtney's with her boyfriend the wrestler and they're with the popsicles Oh my god! What was that? 
I'm and still like, very confused by that, actually. And like Lolly, Lolly, a lollipop song from the 50s is playing. And yes. she has a popsicle and she's trying to make this man like fillet a popsicle. Yes. And she's like Fillet's trying to popsicle. like put it in his mouth. And she's like, yeah, you're on a wrestling team. You should be good at this. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck yeah. is happening? Yeah. Uh, thinly veiled homophobia. <laughs> and I'm like, what? 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 What's going on? What if is, this was like 2020, if this is 2020, Courtney would have been like, get the strap. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be like, let's, sir, let me peg you, please. <laughs> would you like to be pegged? And then he would say yes or no. And then we would ah, move forward. The paying agenda. <laughs> and. <laughs> The pegging agenda. I mean, let it is 2020. Everybody, let's grow up <laughs> and be adults and see what your partner is into. Hey. And pegging, it's on the menu. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, satisfy your partners, people, consensually. See what they're into. Yeah, you never See know. What's up. You don't they know. Just might surprise you. They just might surprise you. They I was just very might. confused by the scene. I don't know if it's just just to show that Courtney was kind of like very sexually active and like kind of domineering over men in her school as well as women. Because I think this is the guy from her biology class. I can't remember. Like he comes and he's like, "Oh, who's this new girl?" And Courtney introduces her as Violet and all that stuff. Um, but this scene also felt like it went on forever. Yeah, it was really long. And I'm like, okay, what are, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> come on now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And then the police show up and we learn her middle name. And then they start like asking her questions. And then that's how we were introduced to Detective Cruz, who's played by Pam Greer. And she's, like, interrogating, like, everybody. And Courtney is the only one who's answering these questions appropriately that they're asked. Like, she's asking. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, she's asking the girls if they've ever seen this. And this is a jawbreaker. And then the other girls are like, no, we've never seen that. But, like, yes, you have seen a jawbreaker before. I know. And it's Court- like a piece of candy, bruh. <laughs> Yeah, like, Courtney's like, yeah, I've seen that before. Like, it's a jawbreaker. Yeah. And, like, everybody else is like, no, 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 I've never seen that before. And, like, Detective Cruz figures, like, they know something is up, but she can't put her finger on it. Mm -hmm. And Courtney gives the idea that um, Liz may seem like the all-American girl, but she is not. Like yeah, this something's is dark. Something dark lurks behind her perfect veneer. Like she was into like kinky stuff, and it's like, why? Why are you doing, girl? Why are you doing this? Yeah, the thing about having kinks came up a lot in this movie. Yeah, which I was very not confused about, but I was kind of like, what is the point of this? But I don't know if it's 
it's one of those things where it's like a taboo, like a secret double life of being like a, into something weird or whatever, or quote unquote weird. I think in this particular, okay, I feel like in this particular movie and maybe in this particular time frame, it's supposed to be more provocative than it actually is per se. I mean, nowadays, I'm just like, oh, I've heard way worse. (laughs) Yeah, like, at this point, it's like, she was into what? This was into what? I mean, honestly, this girl, like, she was 16. She woke up on her 17th birthday. It should be shocking a little bit because she's young. Like, she is a child. Mm-hmm. In that sense, like what's going on? Um, yeah, because we're just kind. Of, I was there. I was like, who has kinks in high school? Like, fully developed kinks. Like, I know some yeah. people do and stuff, but also I was like, that seems very advanced. Yeah, like at the. I mean, at that age, you're like I exploring, mean, exploring, like figuring stuff out. Like, you don't have it all like mapped out of what you got like you like yeah. hey maybe maybe this maybe i'm gonna piece a little bit of this with a little bit of that i'm gonna see we'll call it, hey, i'm gonna try it out we're gonna, do, <laughs> gonna do some tests like let's see but <laughs> it was like it, it should be shocking because she's so young not necessarily shocking because of what it is yeah. per se overall but it's i like feel the- like because of the like, time frame, it is like shocking because of what it is. It's like the Laura Palmer situation. Yeah, the double life of the sweet lady, a sweet innocent girl, and apparently she was going out and f- taking drugs and <laughs> all kinds of shit. Shout out to David Lynch, by the way. It's his birthday. Thank you, uh, Chaotic King. <laughs> yeah, for all you've for- given me personally. You've given me a lot of migraines, but they were good. It's fine. I mean, have I you heard have... about that movie he's got on Netflix right now? I'm finna watch it because it's him like interviewing a monkey or something. Which you think I'm not gonna watch that? It's not even interviewing. He's interrogating said monkey Ooh! for committing a crime. <laughs> for committing ah! a crime. The monkey did something bad. I'm fit. You know I've been watching now, like I feel like we need to do like a rough cut. <laughs> like what? The, I need to see what this monkey is accused of, and I need to watch it. So yeah, what if it's like something like stealing a banana or something? Like that? What if the monkey like committed murder? Like monkeys? What if the monkey was Bob? <gasps> what if the monkey was Bob? Shit. I'm still very upset at BuzzFeed for telling me the character. Again, the character I was most like was Bob. Like, So Netflix says that the synopsis is a detective interrogates a monkey who is suspected of murder. Ah, the movie is right. called What Did Jack Do? It is 17 minutes long. I was right. I think like David Lynch. <laughs> That's why you were Bob, bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my to do list tonight. Okay. 
It's going to be a great time. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. Uh, yeah, the cake thing was just super, super odd. And then the way she kind of just, I mean, she had already said like, oh, she got raped. Um, and that was already supposed to be shocking. So she had already kind of pinned that sort of like label on her. Like she, you know, she wasn't exactly an angel type of shit on her, which is like, that's like prime, like girl like, that's the first thing p- girls would always reach for. Like, when they were trying to, like, really insult you. I mean, people still do that now. But, like, like oh, she's such a slut and this is what she does. <laughs> like, it just went to an extreme of, like, oh, not she out here. Yeah. Like, again, that, again, that is your friend. Mm-hmm. That is your friend. And this is what you do. You stage a sex crime. Yeah. In yeah. Bed. Which they like when she's talking about this, they feature a fat flashback, which is probably one of the most disturbing cameos to young Brittany. Did not realize this was who this was until you told me and I had to go back and be like wait <laughs> wait so, so like when I was younger um I used to listen to his music but I mm-hmm. didn't like looking at his face <laughs> so like we just say I know that makes I know that makes no sense but like we're all stars in the dope show like that's just <laughs> what it is. So Marilyn Manson is the cameo. Like he is the guy that uh Courtney picks up at a bar to stage the crime um in Liz's bed. And the reason that he's in the movie is because at the time they were engaged. Um him and Rose McGowan were engaged. Yes. And I Used to listen to his music from time to time when I was younger because why not? I mean, I only listened to that. It was cover the nineties. Of what is it? Sweet, sweet things. Um, why can't I remember the title of that song? Tainted love. No, was it tainted love? love? It's the Eurythmics song. Oh, was it sweet dreams? It's from not another sweet dreams. movie. Sweet dreams. That's the one. Why? I said sweet things. Christ. I'm sorry, my brain is not, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. That's the one I remember the most. But I don't ever remember even really getting into Marilyn Manson like that. So, like, when I see him, especially now that he doesn't have his, like, makeup and shit like that, like, it's very hard for me to realize that that is him sometimes. Because <laughs> he showed up on other things. Like, we talked about him when he showed up on Sons of Anarchy. And I was like, I was like, wait, is that Marilyn Manson? (laughs) Yeah. Very confused. I just, cause like every time I see him, it just reminds me of when kids used to take contacts and color them in with markers and get Mm. eye infections. So every time I see him, I associate it with the eye infection. So like, I just can't, I just can't. I mean, your brain ain't developed at like twelve, bruh. 
Like, oh that's just God. not, <laughs> you ain't thinking clearly at 12. That sounds awful, dude. That sounds Cause like <laughs> horrible. <laughs> that sounds fucking so, terrible. I didn't know people did that shit. Yeah, like you color in contacts so you could look like Marilyn Manson. A mistake. Your your brain is still developing. Does it still develop after you put like marker contacts in your eye? I mean, it's still developing, but you got like pink eye or some shit. (laughs) You got the booty crumbles. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You need to be stopped. You need to be stopped. Jail. <laughs> Jail. Ugh, yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, I had remembered like like after that because of course they had their iconic couples outfit at the VMAs in like what two thousand and one. I want to say when Rose basically was in. I don't know what kind of dress you would even just how you would describe the dress. It's an ass out chain dress. Like it was a chain dress, and she was wearing a g string. Ass out. Ass was out. But like it's one of the more iconic VMA outfits. It's one of those, you know, when the VMAs was still decent and something to watch. Yeah. It ain't now, but you know. <sighs> R.I.P. to that channel. So, uh, but yeah, no, I forgot that was him. But yeah, she basically has staged it so which is this is fucked up. This is after because I didn't realize this the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it. But she had picked up this dude from the bar, Marilyn Manson, and then she took him back to Liz's house. This is before her parents had showed up. She had moved Liz's body and hid her underneath the bed. Yes. And then went and fucked this dude on the bed. Mm-hmm. And then he skeeted somewhere. <laughs> you could have said left his DNA on the bed. He skeeted, but you y'all. said Marilyn what Manson you said, skeets. You said what you said. Marilyn you said Manson what you skeets. said. And that's not my fault. I didn't write the movie. I'm just a, I was a Hubble observer. I report the facts. <laughs> Did you see that fucked up tweet the other day talking about Megan Thee Stallion was uh, taking uh, inspiration from Sweetie and using it in her music? She's like, this is just what the streets are reporting. So this is what I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what the streets are reporting. <laughs> That's our podcast. We're just what the streets are reporting. On film. Yes, on film. What the films are reporting. This is what the streets are reporting. <laughs> this is like the new version of now. <laughs> you ain't heard this from me, but. <laughs> I was like, young lady, how old are you? But yeah, that um, it took me a while to realize that that was the scene that was happening, and I was like, "When does she have time to do this? Like, did she do that that night?" Yeah, she only had a certain window. Yeah, because her parents, Liz's parents, were coming back like the next day. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of confusing. 
But she had basically set up this whole other life for Liz and how she was picking up random men and doing all this stuff. And, like, they, from that story, which I'm like, that doesn't even track with, like, Liz's behavior from what I was gathering. But for some reason, they just were like, yeah, let's roll with it. And they tested it for, which they probably had already tested it for DNA anyway because Technically, she was raped, so um, they, I guess, carted off Marilyn Manson off screen. Yeah. So, yeah. that was interesting turn. <laughs> that girl said what the streets are reporting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't get over it. Uh, that was all interesting to me. Um, and that's kind of weird that that they kind of jumped on that. But I guess they would have to if they're looking for leads and they were coming up with nothing. Yeah, but you also can interview this man. Yeah, no, they were just like, oh, DNA? You raped her. Goodbye. <laughs> like, did you even see DNA on her? Like, You could interview this man, show him a picture of Courtney and uh, Liz and be like, oh, I met that lady, not that lady. Yeah. They didn't even get to that that level. They just was like, oh, no, we carted him off the jail. Bye. Um, So, meanwhile, Courtney realizes, like, she may have, like, created a monster with Violet. Because... She, Violet is really, like, feeling herself in her she outfits. is, she has traded in that granny-ass dress for some hot pink. Hot, a pink is becoming her signature color. As it was Liz's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Shara, Liz is like a cute baby pink. It was a soft pink. This is like a rock and roll, I have sex pink or whatever. And then Courtney has, for some reason, had decided to pair her with this jock. No, he's not a jock. He's like the real good-looking guy who's also in theater. Who they say they they debate if he's straight or not. Which they're like, oh, that's kind of debatable if he's actually straight because he's in theater. But this is going to be the guy that you go for. Which also conveniently happens to be the guy that is interested in Julie. Yes. And they're kind of like... Him and Julie are his Zach. Zach, yes. the theater guy, is kind of like, yeah, and a Cody sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they put them together, and their name is Zach and Cody, and they live in a hotel, and they terrorize this poor black man. <laughs> sometimes they live on a boat. Sometimes they do live on a boat. Oh, God. Oh, we really let Disney Channel sell us that. Um. <laughs> Oh, he, um, him and Julie are kind of like building a relationship or they're like, I thought they were dating and I felt like Courtney knew they were dating, but he, but she, she probably did put a uh, Violet up to it anyway. Cause she picked him out and was like, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a sensitive drama club kid. And, um, which Violet was kind of like. I mean, because you know what the funny part was that they were talking about, like, kind of what guys they were into. Like, Marcy's kind of telling stuff. 
saying whatever she's into and then Violet is about to say something which I was like oh you're about to say that you're into girls but they don't let her finish yeah uh, Courtney's like yeah shut up yeah <laughs> and I was like uh are you like we never figure out if she's even into him and she makes out with like some other guy underneath like a car to and she um, gets a car to get the keys basically I was just like whose keys are like whose car is that is that his car or is that his dad's car? Yeah. Mom's was, car? That was a wait till my father hears about this kind of car. Mm-hmm. That ain't your car, sir. But it's like a little little red like convertible. And so she's super popular now because she's got this like fire-ass car. People don't even remember what happened to fucking Fern. It takes them like a, I don't know how many days to realize that Fern is um, gone. <laughs> and then I think like when... Vera interviews Violet. She's like, oh, yeah, like, my name is, you know, I changed my name because it's senior year. Like, please keep that between us. And And this is when she starts talking about, like, Liz and how she used to count the moles on Liz's neck and pictures. That's love, And it's maybe, I mean, not even love. Maybe it's just infatuation. But, like, that's way more than your average interaction with any person. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, she's like, she's like the hot girl at school and they even have like this weird, it reminded me so much of Mean Girls where they had like the rumors like, oh, like who is this girl Violet? Like, does she have a last name? Somebody said she's like madonna <laughs> She's doing it like Madonna or whatever. And they didn't know like where she came from and all these like little things. Oh, said so, oh no, no, no. They said that she toured with Madonna. I was like. Did you even know she could sing or dance? Or what? why would she be a third of Madonna? And Zach's not even into her, really? Like, she tries no. to go on to Zach, but he's not, like, he's not impressed by it. No, he's just like, eh. Yeah. He's not the Aaron Samuels of the situation. He's not easily swayed. No. He's into Julie. He's into Julie. Um, did we ever talk about how Fern and, and Julie were actually friends at one point, like back in the day? Yeah, like in grade school. And this, like, that scene reminded me of Mean Girls because it was a mm-hmm. phone scene where Julie calls Fern and talks about, like, how she got a gift for her birthday back in the day. They were, like, reminiscing on old times. But mm-hmm. Courtney calls and Fern answers, and it was, like, a real regina george type conversation like you always yeah. pick up the phone when i answer like and yeah. like laying down rules and i was like i wonder if this is another thing that mean girls got from this movie that and also how like their friendship definitely hit like a like a crossroads um like junior high or earlier than that possibly because um, like in Mean Girls, like Janice and Regina have like a horrible split. Mm-hmm. And it's due mainly because of like perceived uh I mean it's just basically homophobia on Regina's part. Yeah. Decides this girl just wants to like make out with her or whatever. When it was really <laughs> I mean, we totally go into it like in the next episode, but it's really like like if you're if you're really tight with somebody and then all of a sudden 
y'all start drifting apart and that's like the first time that ever happens to you you just don't know what to do like the first time it happened to me i was like what the fuck is happening yeah what the fuck like what happened like i didn't do anything like, what did i do and and all that and then like i mean as time goes on you're like okay like this is just something that happens to people and it's not i mean it can be a big deal but it's not like the end of the world necessarily like you will hopefully make new friends um but, but at yeah, 11 12 years old you don't get that yeah i love to old. just like this is the only friends i'll have and i had to go to school with no friends and that i mean that would suck <laughs> to go to school and be like completely alone um but yeah those two things stood out to me because i was like oh yeah and that also happened in heather's too where like uh veronica and i could totally name escaped me of this other like kind of basically like a tertiary character they um stopped being friends after she became cool with like the heathers like they completely went their separate ways and they didn't you know hang out and study together or whatever so it's like a, it's a common common theme, um, but they the time that Fern and and Julie would have connected like it was interrupted by Courtney, who was probably yeah. talking about absolutely nothing. Yeah, because that's what you do when you're in high school: <laughs> sit on the phone for hours and talk about bullshit. <laughs> Trust me, I did it. <laughs> Trust me. I'm still allergic to the phone. Like, you I can't do it. I am too. I fucking hate talking on the phone now. Like, I can't. Like, this is probably as close as talking on the phone that I do ever <laughs> since yeah. high school. <laughs> yeah. Any other time, just kind of like, please don't call. Don't contact me <laughs> by telephone. But also, like, I mean, you do kind of stop having time to do that kind of stuff too. I could not yeah. imagine having like a two-hour conversation on the phone now. Yeah, we have a genuine friendship, you guys. <laughs> I just want to conf- I just want to like confirm that in case people are like, "Oh no, these girls are fucking weird." <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> like I'm I'm weird, but we do have a genuine friendship. We have social skills. <laughs> yeah, I literally just hate talking on the phone. Like it's I do, just, I would rather fine. talk to you in person. Like let's let's talk to him. like I'd let's talk in person, send please. Send you a letter. How <laughs> to call you on? I can call people on the phone, but I don't want to do it. It's just not fun. Yeah. Um, like you don't you don't need to hear me. You don't need to hear my voice. You need to see my. You need to experience, experience this. Like <laughs> this is an experience, guys. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 360 complete experience this is a very embarrassing experience guys oh my god <laughs> uh so um can i mention one part i don't know what scene this was but like courtney had like a see-through sweater that i loved which one i can't remember i'm actually trying to think of if it even was see-through i feel like it was black I need to see. I'd have to go back and watch, but uh, that was the one fashion moment. I was like, "Ooh, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy this part very much." But also in this, I guess towards this part of the movie, uh, Courtney has decided that she is sick of Violet's shit. <laughs> she fed up. 
she was fed up because she's what is she doing she's having like a white snake moment on the hood of that car she she is she was i don't know why she's just like they the people just love to hate me it's what you taught me she's like yeah but like no basically like learn your place and this is also a very um interesting trope that threads between all three of these movies that we've been talking about is that the mean girl has this sort of like I created you type of moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I created you, I can destroy you. Mm-hmm. Definitely in Heathers, they have a moment. And then certainly in Mean Girls, because reading is basically like, who the fuck does she think she is? I made this bitch. Like, and you start, and you know, you coming after my man or whatever. No. But it's definitely like a, a uh, what, is, what would you call it? Like a, a threatening of the social hierarchy? Yes, your, your social status in that hierarchy. Has been threatened by someone yeah. you did not consider to be worthy enough <laughs> to threaten your, your status at all or even be around you until uh, maybe, I don't know, two or three days ago. <laughs> and I think Courtney feels especially threatened because it's Fern. Yeah, and Fern does threaten to tell everybody, or Violet, whoever, threatens to tell everybody everything at one point. Yes. Because she wasn't there. Yeah, like when Courtney starts, like, kind of lightly fucking her shit up, pushing her into into (laughs) the mirror. She's sad. I forgot what she said. She'll shred you or something. I forget what she says. And that's when Fern's like, yeah, okay, I got you. I got your car. Like, I got you. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, no, I got, I, I got, mm. I see. I see how it is. Uh, but also at the same time, Zach and Julie have, like, Julie's come out to Zach and basically like, yeah, they, like, this is all what happened. And he decided to help her. I'm an accessory to murder, and now I'm telling you, so technically you're an accessory to murder. The whole high school is about to be accessory to murder. (laughs) It's only so many people in this town. So, like, girl, just go to the police. That would have been easier. Yeah, but they they don't realize, like, social capital, it means something, but only to a certain point. Like, post-high school, none of this shit matters. Not really. But going to jail. Going to jail definitely can happen to pretty much anybody. (laughs) Popular Mm -hmm. or not, you can be thrown out of the jail. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They went to go look for that Polaroid, though. Um, But they didn't find it. It was sitting right in a storm drain. I was like... Christ. But then she remembers that um, she was playing with a card on her um, dresser and it might have recorded Courtney. Yeah, her mother, no, I think Liz's mother brings um, Julie a bunch of Liz's old things and it's just like, oh yeah, like 
you know, Liz might have wanted you to have these. And she hears, like, she opens the card and it, like, replays um, Courtney's confession, which she didn't realize was being recorded. I don't think any, either of them realized that they were recording. Um, and also at this point, Courtney has posted pictures of Violet as far and all over the school as like retaliation. And that was, I was like, so has no, no one realized that was Fern? Nobody? Nope. <laughs> it's like she just dyed her hair. And that, she changed her clothes. For me, like, I felt like that was exceptionally cruel. Like, I, like, my heart started hurting for, for Fern Violet. Fern Violet. Fern Violet. um because you saw like you could see the panic in her eyes yeah when she realized what was happening and then she just passed out and hit her head and she did did have one of those nasty bandages on her head and when she came to like the um, nurse is like, Fern, are you okay? She's like, no, my name's Violet. And I'm like, girl, it's over, no, the, babe. The, the dream is over. Like, pack it in. It's done. You don't have to do this no more. But also, I feel like she realizes, too, like, how fleeting it all is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of how powerless you can be. It all just, like, it slipped through her fingers. So it, ooh. Like, mm Mm. <laughs> and she ran out of the office and the kid like the whole student body just turned on her so quickly like girl <laughs> so quickly they were like oh shit you the ugly bitch for <laughs> I was like damn like y'all didn't even realize she was gone all you, all you had to do was put a little wig on Fern and it would have been Violet. Like, it's still the same girl. It's still the same girl. A little lace front. And she passes out again. And then when she comes to, she's covered in her little posters. Oh, God. And Julie's the only person, again, like, just one person cares about her now. Mm hmm. Julie's the only person that comes to her aid when she's stretched out on the nasty-ass hallway floor. (laughs) And then this is when they vow to band together to seek revenge on the person who ruined both their lives and killed the only person they cared about, Liz. Yeah. And also Zach, I guess, is included. Which they mentioned prom was that night or the next night or something which i was like how do any of y'all have time for prom when there's an active murdering investigation i feel like prom should be canceled bro prom should have probably been canceled in loving memory or something no they'd be like like, liz would have wanted prom Mm -hmm. this is what she would have wanted i'm like no mourn for three months straight yeah i'm like liz would have liz would have wanted this for all of us. <laughs> How dare you forget about my death so quickly. Um, But they go to prom and they got a plan to expose Courtney. Mm-hmm. 
And she was playing at the at the the prom. The Donnas. Girl, I did not realize they had been in a band for that long. Which I don't think they disbanded a few years ago, I think, or at least went on like indefinite hiatus. But I was like, oh shit, that was the Donnas. Like, like, damn, <laughs> how old am I and how old are they? Um, they were let's not get into the details time. of either. Wow, wait, whoa, whoa. They were a band from 93 to 2012. Yeah, they were out here for a while. That was a long time. Um, I We didn't mention it earlier, but I wanted to say that I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's a great soundtrack. Shout out to um, Volcano Girls by Veruca Salt. Like, I love all of the songs on the soundtrack. Like, it it it's so good. It's a great soundtrack, honestly. Like, I mean, back in the day when your soundtrack had to be A1, it was. It's like a good snapshot of, like, late 90s rock music and, like, pop. It's good. I encourage everyone to take a listen. Yeah, it's actually on Spotify, if you have Spotify. But yeah, the Donnas are playing at their at their prom. Um, Courtney went to the prom with Liz's boyfriend? Which, was that the guy from the Popsicle? With the Popsicle, or what? Uh, or was this a different I think it might have been. Was this a different young... I don't... They looked like... To me, young Caucasian teen. <laughs> so I, I can't tell you. I can't either. Um, but yeah, they were I mean, dark haired. So yeah, it was already janky enough. That I mean, come on now, like just trifling. Um, I don't even know. I my one of my notes is what do Fern be wearing in all caps? <laughs> I can't remember, but I think her. Something with her prom look wasn't curling all the way over for me personally. It was ugly. Now, this was a look I hated. <laughs> I didn't like this one. I My favorite outfit was the bitch. Was the bitch shirt with the the pants. Uh, yeah. And I also liked the the like the top when she um, fell out at the school. When they exposed her, her exposed outfit. I also yeah. like that. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, she had some moments when she when she got into her into her I'm I'm the shit moments. She was very cute. Um, that jacket she was wearing was cute when they were confronting each other. Also, I was gonna say too, if we're talking about outfits, did you ever like notice like how Foxy and uh, Julie kind of wore like the inverse of each other almost? Like, they wore yeah. some sort of, like, green and blue, and then Courtney was always, like, in red or something. Well, I mean, Courtney always in red, but a lot of the time she was in red. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. I'm surprised Foxy wasn't just wearing, like, red adjacent colors. She explained why she chose the color she chose, which was not that interesting, but kind of interesting. What was it? What was it? 
She was talking about how she something about wearing pink or liking pink, painting her nails pink a lot, and now she oh, like yeah. when she was younger. Now she hated her, it. Her nail polish. So she said her nail polish color was demented. Mm-hmm. That was the color name, and I forgot what Courtney's was. It was something very close to that. Decayed. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was like a dark purple. Demented and decayed. Um. So the basically the. The big sort of prom moment um, is like Courtney's date is crowned prom queen. We don't know who the fuck he was. It's fine. And then Courtney is named prom queen uh, with that very fake reaction. (laughs) And so while she's going up to accept the award, like Zach has been in the back kind of fiddling with the PA system and he rigs it so the card is attached to like the speakers and... Uh, so when she goes up to accept the crown or whatever, um, he like starts playing the card. And so it's playing her saying like, I killed Liz. I killed the teen dream. Deal with it. And she's over like, fix it, it. Over. She's like, fix it. <laughs> Can you fix it? And the crowd is like, wait, what? The fuck? And then it's just like, I <laughs> I killed Liz. I killed the team dream. Tell that. <laughs> and then they're like, what is it saying? Did she say she killed Liz? And yeah. so like slowly, like you're gauging the reaction of her peers, realizing that she's the person that killed Liz. Bitch, why did one of them just straight up call her a motherfucker? <laughs> they did. And for me watching this scene, I think it's purpose, like on purpose um, but it was like the prom scene from Carrie. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's the pig's blood because I think they they mentioned Carrie. Like, oh, should we go swing by and get some pig's blood on the way over? Mm-hmm. And they start throwing shit at her. Like they sure did. Where I was like, where'd they get all this shit to be throwing at her anyway? And they start throwing like their corsages at her, and they run her off the stage, and like she's ripping out all of her like hair decorations and smearing all of her makeup mm-hmm. and at the end of the gym she's like crying and she runs into um julie and she's like julie <laughs> <laughs> and julie says something like smile smile she's like ah. they put that picture in the fucking yearbook girl i feel like that should be illegal because she just submitted like yeah like that's murder like you can't put you can't put that in a yearbook because she just admitted to murder they would not let that shit be published (laughs) Mm -mm. like that's that's something you just gotta remember in your memories girls i just remember somebody told her to burn in hell And then, oh, since we were talking about fucking Xenon and all that stuff, why was us? There was some girl, I was like, why is she just like protozoa? (laughs) I think some girl had like spiky blonde hair or something like that. Maybe one of the goth kids. Yes. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) That's how the movie ends with that terrible ass yearbook picture immortalized for the rest of her life because of course as we all know high school lasts forever yeah high school literally is forever yeah meanwhile i 
think my high school yearbooks are in storage. I never got one. We no, didn't do really? one. They don't exist. I didn't even take I... senior pictures. I don't. Oh God! I wish I hadn't. Care. I wish I had not have, and I like okay. Let me just say, hair technology was not what it is back like it is now. Okay, my hair frizzed up at like the slightest bit of moisture, and it was like August uh, in Texas. Mm. So as soon as it got hot, I started sweating, and my hair just went bloop. So literally, my senior picture is my one side of my hair is straight, and the other side is like kind of poofy. And then also to make matters worse, my hair was at that weird like length where like if it was touching my shoulders, so it would flip up, so it would rest on mm. my shoulders. So the straight part was literally like flipped up. Mm. I so want to see this. Awful. I would have to go get my my yearbook. Um, it was awful. Like, I feel like I didn't have a good picture day ever. Oh, but that was especially bad because your pictures are like in color. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. Oh. And no one told me either. I'm like, why isn't no one, the photographer going to help me out? Like, man. Dang, they did you dirty. They fucking did. I don't think I had to pay for those though. That was oh. okay. If I did, I didn't pay for them. So I don't have any actual copies of those pictures. And also high hmm. school was a long time ago for me. <laughs> so I would not want those pictures. Yeah. I graduated in the 40s. Okay. So. All right. Before my We didn't have did. that kind of technology. <laughs> <laughs> Before my grandmother did. <laughs> I'll let her know. <laughs> yeah, I hated my senior pictures, but um, and also I wasn't in a lot of things. I wasn't really in the yearbook. I just got really for people to sign. We always mm. really fucking crazy mess- messages and, pe- and other people's yearbooks. And that was a time like I didn't hate high school as much as I was kind of like on the fringe. Um, I think I didn't hate it mostly because of art class and stuff. Um. But also by that time, I kind of like completely kind of gotten over the whole be popular and have people like you. Like, I think I established that everybody around me was insane. <laughs> so I was like, there's no reason to really get to know a whole lot of you. <laughs> I don't really have to be concerned too much with what y'all got to say. It's so. always interesting to watch movies about the high school experience. Yeah. I it's really don't ever. Oh, go ahead. Like, Sorry. I was going to say, like, I don't know why. Like, of course, everything is always like heightened. But mm-hmm. I really don't think any of them do or ever will give an accurate portrayal of high school ever. Because like. I think. High school's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. I would I it's, would find it boring if you just kind of recounted, like, oh, you went to school and you got math homework and somebody said something funny and somebody was mean and then you went home and chatted on AIM for three hours and then went to bed. <laughs> 
are you into cheerleading practice? And then, well, like, that's not really interesting. It's all the other weird shit that happens and all the craziness and the interactions you have with each other because, you know, or like in the more dramatic things. I mean, like the other thing that's like popping in my head all of a sudden is Degrassi. Like, do you think I would have watched all 800 episodes of Degrassi? (laughs) I would watch and have watched all 800 episodes of Degrassi. Is Degrassi on Netflix? It should be. No, it's like the It was on Prime. <gasps> I have watched all, almost all iterations of Degrassi, like I from Degrassi watched... Junior High to oh, Degrassi High that. to Degrassi: The Next Generation, which is the one that most of us know. I know so. Degrassi: The Next Generation. Shout out to the N for being a formative experience in my life. <gasps> it is. <gasps> oh wait, no, it's not. YouTube, IMDb TV. Who the fuck? No. <laughs> Girl, I am to be. You play. That's weird. I want to know if this is really. You know, you can actually buy all ten seasons of Degrassi for on DVD for one hundred twenty two ninety nine. Um, that is like. No, I'd have to have like a cutoff. Eighty dollars too much. Yeah, I would have to, like, have a cutoff because there's no way I'm watching anything with fucking, like, JT. After JT gets fucking popped or whatever, (laughs) I'm not watching that shit. That was the turning point. I said, no, ma'am, I will not. That was sad. That broke my heart. I was crying in my living room, just like, not the baby. Why not Toby? But I will. (laughs) Why not Toby? That's a good ass question, bitch. That is a good ass question. The wrong JT. motherfucker died that day. JT, they should have did Toby. I think you get it free with ads. So if you're into Degrassi the Next Generation, like some of us, like us here at Black Girl Film Club, you should definitely uh look into that. Yeah. Up to a certain point. Like I'm not, I mean and remember when Craig got Manny pregnant? <laughs> yes. <She> okay. <laughs> and she had, didn't she have like an abortion or something? I think so. Cause she was like, what? 12, 13? <laughs> she was like a baby. She I, Babies having babies. I literally worried for her. <laughs> Manny, I, Manny was, I love Manny. Manny was my favorite. I worried so much for her. Like, I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) She had me stressed out all the time. Every week, just stressed out about Manny. Manuela Santos. I was extremely concerned. I was like, no, not not Manny. Not Manny. (laughs) But, man, iconic. I love that show. Would you recommend Jawbreaker to our lovely audience? I don't know. I feel like you it's a like a you had to be there kind of moment, like a movie. Okay. Like I don't know if you I mean people might enjoy it. Let me not say that. I just don't I mean I was like trying to poke around on the internet to see like what people were saying and and stuff like that like nowadays and someone was like one of the titles was like I watched Jawbreaker for the first time at 25 yikes 
And I was like, ooh, that doesn't sound like it's going to be very, very good. Because <laughs> um, even something like Heather's and something like that, like I, I would be very concerned with saying like, yeah, you should watch it because it might be kind of like triggering in some aspects regarding like school shootings and shit like that. Um, But this movie, I mean, I like it. I just, maybe it's depending on your sense of humor. I would maybe... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't say like a blanket. Like, yes, you should watch this. I enjoy it. But also, I mean, like, if you just listen to this episode, like, there's definitely things I was like, ooh, this is, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if I like this enough. Like, the whole, like, let's just say she was raped. Like, good grief. That's, that's heavy. That's some yeah. heavy shit. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm in the same boat because I again, I watched this when I was a kid, not supposed to be watching this, snuck and watch it. So this is a movie that your brand was like a formative movie. Like, yeah. Uh Yeah. So as an adult is like, you do you, boo. Um, watch it if you want to. Um, if you watched it when you were younger, you probably like enjoyed it. You, if you watch it now, you probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Um, there is a lot of elements that do not age well. Um, especially watching it now, it just doesn't hold up in certain aspects. Um, so I would say watch it. I wouldn't say like watch it at your own risk, but like we have talked about elements that don't hold up. So right. it it is what it is. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like the movie still, but there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't like say like, oh, no, this don't watch. This is horrible. But it's definitely one of those. Uh, if you might if you haven't seen it then it might come as much of... And you might be kind of like, well, why the fuck would anybody like this movie? Um, that's why I kind of said, like, it was kind of those kind of, like, you had to be there kind of moments, I guess. Yeah. Like, so when we were talking about, like, Child's Play, and we were, like, me and Davlin were talking about how we watched Child's Play as little, little kids, and you yeah, watched and it as an adult, like, and you was like, what the fuck? And it's like, no, yeah. you have to be, like, an emotionally scarred by watching this as a kid to get it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I definitely was like, I have no idea why you like this. <laughs> That's not to say that, you know, I don't understand why you would like it, but I was just kind of like, this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be... For me. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if in the pantheon of great teen movies, I think this is still a, a good contender. I wouldn't, like, count it out. Yeah. I I love the music. I love the outfits. I, I love Rose McGowan as Courtney Shane. She be on bullshit a lot. <laughs> 
I gotta say that. I gotta get that off my chest because we ooh, did a lot bitch. of research into her recent life, uh, you know, beyond the transphobic transphobic tirade. Um, and we just we just I don't regret researching, but also I was very confused. It was a journey. It, <sighs> it had twists and turns. Th- that's all I'm gonna say about it, because like it's one of those things you just gotta read it yourself. Every every day is something new, <laughs> and it, you. She's one of those people you can be right about things, and that's not diminishing what she's been through with her um, crusade with the Me Too. Um, Me Too movement um at all like we want everyone involved with that situation to get the justice they deserve that motherfucker needs to go to fucking jail i want his ass locked up immediately (laughs) fuck i want that walker tip the fuck over (laughs) bitch with the tennis balls man fuck you harvey weinstein (laughs) like mm. Mm. Every Not time I see rich it, ass with the tennis balls, like you can't afford a Segway or some shit. If you don't get the fuck out of my face, <laughs> like ooh. But at the same time, she has said a lot of things that are like, "What are we doing?" Very now? hurtful, very disrespectful, very transphobic, all of the above. Like, just I mean, if you know, you know. Like, that's basically been her thing for a minute and uh that's why you know shout out to her in this movie but like anything after that no thank you yeah i mean yeah and you know grindhouse is good too but that's also a problem but yeah but like we try to just be like honest here and we are we are biased in our opinions on some things, like what our favorite things are. Um, yeah. Everybody's biased. Everybody, you know, has yeah. been for one way or the, for one reason or another. Um, but it that situation with her is it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. Like we we stand with her on one thing, but. Child. Oh shit! Just you gotta stand over there. Yeah, <laughs> she gotta stand with over there. A lot of other shit. It just she got a lot of stuff going on every um, day. Unacceptable. So so yeah, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? As far as I mean, our next episode is gonna be Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be really interesting. Of course, we talked about Mean Girls a lot during this episode. Um, I'm interested in revisiting that particularly because i've kind of uh changed my stance on that movie a couple of times um it's a movie that changed my life okay (laughs) and i'll get into why during that Um, episode i also kind of hate it now but i also haven't watched it in like 13, 14 years. So, wait, did we'll you see. not watch it since the first time you saw it? <laughs> like, what? I haven't watched it since like 2006. 
Based on like, I haven't watched it in a long time. How many times have you seen that movie? Like, twice? I've seen that movie a million times. Like, I've in told you years? about... Like, I told you day. about the time that the cable went out in college and I watched just me girls on a that, for, like, a weekend. I was gonna ask, yeah, I... Mm. I mean, that's why I hate, like, The Incredibles and Fighting Nemo, so... And I wasn't... I didn't willingly do that. I, every school that I ever went to played those two movies when they didn't want to... They didn't feel like teaching us anymore. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've definitely seen Mean Girls way more recently than that. Um, definitely in the last decade. So, yeah, in the 2010s. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know either. Um, and also, like, my my feelings on Tina Fey have changed yeah. a lot since then. Um, I know she's, like, a hero to many, but, like, sometimes I'm like, uh, Tina, you might be on that bullshit as well. She's so, also definitely on that bullshit. Which... Yeah. It just sucks to have to, like, realize this about people that you like over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it should be it should be interesting. We can talk about Lindsay Lohan and all that because I saw Ooh. that train wreck. I saw that train wreck happening from a mile away, and it's just very interesting because I was I had to be fourteen when that movie came out, going on fifteen, and I could just see it. <laughs> I was young, but at the same time, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. And what happened? Bless. It, it ended very... Although, you know what, too? It's crazy because the real success story in that whole thing was not... Like, I did not think that... Um, Rachel McAdams? Yeah. I was just like, who was this? I've never heard of her before then. And she's great. I like Rachel McAdams. Yeah, the hot chick did well for herself. I'm proud. <laughs> I have never seen the hot chick. Is that the one with, um, why is that? Wait, what am I thinking of? Oh, she's, is it, she's out of my league. Is that the one with Jay? With Bay Barry? Where? Oh, oh God. With my Bay? Yes, she's out of my league. I don't know. I've never seen the hot chick. I don't have it in me to watch anything Rob Schneider related. As a trash person. Oh, God. <laughs> that's just what I do. You know what? When you support your man, sometimes you have to support your man's friends. Right, Brittany? I no longer watch Rob <laughs> Schneider content. So <laughs> this was in my past. I am no longer that person. But I did watch The Hot Chick a lot. So. Oh, good. Grief. Anna Ferris is in it. And Anna Ferris, I love, she's. She's amazing. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so yeah, she was kind of the success story out of that because she had oh she had Mean Girls and The Notebook in the same year. Ooh, the no, ooh. and people love the Notebook. The notebook. Mm. Baby. I remember they being a kid, breaking down, crying, reading The Notebook and the other one, A Walk to Remember, when I was oh, little. Gosh. <laughs> The only the only two things that ever made me cry were those two books. I've never seen 
either of those movies, even though Walk to Remember was like a big deal when I was like in junior high. Um, because I guess everybody was like, oh, the shit, movies, Mandy Moore can act. <gasps> Bitch, the soundtrack to a walk to remember goes off. <laughs> Boo, bitch. Only hope by Mandy Moore. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Only hope by Mandy Moore. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Y'all go go to Spotify. Look up Only Hope by oh. Mandy Moore from a Walk to Remember soundtrack. Okay. Wait, I don't remember Dare You to Move being on the soundtrack. Remember Switchfoot though. Uh, yeah. Damn. Holy shit. It was like them and like POD. <laughs> they were like the Christian. Those are like movement. the Christian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. The early 2000s were interesting. Uh, yeah. Remember when Mandy Moore like dyed her? Well, she stopped dyeing her hair. And people were like, oh shit, she can act. Mm-hmm. She was that. And then uh I've never seen the notebook, but I have heard I basically know the ending to the notebook and I was like, yeah, I won't be watching that at all. Ooh. So Okay. Let me stop looking at the Walk to Remember soundtrack because bitch cry. Not many more also. Brittany's about to have okay. a nostalgic moment. She's about to have a nostalgic moment. Um, so I guess we should plug where we are. Um, as always, we are Black Girl Film Club, um, pretty much everywhere on Instagram. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. You can visit our blog at blackgirlfilmclub.com. We are BLK Girl Film Club, um, on Twitter. And then also, too, um, we are going to be judging a mini film festival or mini yeah festival um that should be pretty interesting uh let me get the official name so i'm not sitting out here looking crazy we are judging the micromania film festival yes uh we're not the only judges but like that's what we will be doing it's um short films five minutes and under um and that's supposed to be happening and I think in July is when like the winners will be announced. We just, you know, we're jumping in there, get to judge some things. Should be fun using our judging talents for good. We finally get to be judgmental for a good reason. So if you're interested, um, you could go to filmfreeway.com slash micromania film festival. So if you feel like submitting some films, you got something real short to show. Um, we definitely love to see it. Um, and we're really excited about that because it's our very first, um, I guess, film festival that we're involved in. So this is should be a fun mm-hmm. time. should be a learning experience. Going to see some cool things. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited, too. So Micromania is actually offering a discount code that can go towards your entry fee for the film festival. Uh, currently... Entry fees are only $10 until February 16th and $15 through May 16th. Uh, and the code is actually for 50% off of that. So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, we want to see some of your films. So if you're actually interested, uh, you can check out our description box and we'll have the code down there. Or um, you can also check out our Twitter or Instagram. Um, we posted the code there uh, a few days ago. So yeah, check it out. Submit some films.
like always, just thank you guys for listening. If you can, uh, rate us on iTunes. You know, spread the word about Black Girl Film Club. Um, tell your mama, well, your cousins, play cousins, aunts, uncles, <laughs> anybody you know who likes movies. Um, if you want, you know, just engage with us. We like talking to y'all. We'll talk to y'all. She said Mookie and them. <laughs> yeah. I remember rewatching, not rewatching, sorry, re listening to one of the episodes. And I was like, she really said Mookie and them. <laughs> and I got like a Mookie or a cookie. I got a cookie in the microphone. Yeah. So, They're real cookie. people. Yes, yes. <laughs> um,. So, yeah, I mean, our next episode is Mean Girls. It should be a hoot. Uh, and <laughs> it really should. You're laughing at me, but I'm excited for this. <laughs> I am, too. I'm excited to regurgitate some knowledge that I acquired many years ago. Hopefully, it's useful to somebody. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe you will look inside of your hearts and see some past trauma from high school. Like us. I don't want... I, I feel like we've done that every episode. <laughs> In some this form is, or fashion. Yeah, no, it hurts. <laughs> okay, is there anything else? No? No, no. Okay, bye, you guys. Also... Academy voters, you better vote for Parasite for Best Picture. I'm coming for you, bitch. You better, or I'm gonna come to your house and beat your ass. And I individually, every last one of you, don't let me down. We will fucking pull up and beat your ass. This is a threat. With the fucking rock and prosperity, bitch. We're not playing. (laughs) Bonk. Okay, now we've made threats. Bye! (laughs) Bye!